paid only in New York. Welcome to Only in New York. I'm Tracy Carnazzo. I'm Andrea Allen. I'm Chemda. Today's guest is an actor and producer best known for the movies Pounds, a Mexicano, and Chooch. He was part of the How You Doin' Boys, who wrote The 12 Days of Guido Christmas, and he wrote and sang the Yankee theme song. Please welcome Carmine Famiglietti. Wow, that was, man, that's easily the best introduction I've ever received. Oh, yeah. that makes Beautiful. me feel so good. That was great, Canada. I, I wanted to say Carmine Spaghetti because that's how uh, Tracy and you were telling me to pronounce your name. <laughs> but uh, I held back. Everybody, that's Love how spaghetti. adult I can, I can be. I won't do it, but I'll tell you I wanted to. That's all right. <laughs> when the Next moon time you go the with pie. it. You want it in comedy, no denying, right? You just go. <laughs> yeah. You yes. just do it. Uh, just for the listeners, Carmine is Italian. What? Shocking. A, I told you no blowing. more fucking Italians on the well, show, Tracy. It's all I have. It's all in I have fact, in my fucking I think Italians. CNN, it's on their ticker right now. The CNN ticker just said. <laughs> Carmine's an Italian. Goddamn Italian. Uh, <laughs> I've been friends with Carmine for about 16 years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Carmine is just like such a brilliant actor, such a brilliant producer, oh, and I've seen all of your projects, almost all of your projects. That's and nice. you are also a born and bred Queens native. That's correct. So tell us about where you grew up, Carmine. I grew up in Flushing, Queens, home mm. of New York's real baseball team, the Mets. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh, shots <laughs> right that, away. Is that the one that always loses? <laughs> which is, Andrea. of course, which makes one of my projects a very embarrassing moment for me because I end up working for the Yankees, sort of, or with the Yankees. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in Flushing, Queens. Um, I only moved out for a brief time, and then I came back. Where did you move? To College Point. Not oh, much. wow. <laughs> Another part of Queens. <laughs> so just like Flushing is really interesting to me because it's so giant. And sometimes um, the post office will count your neighborhood as Flushing. So I lived right. in Briarwood for a while. For a while, I could write Flushing down on my on, on any piece of official paper. And Flushing, there's Chinatown Flushing. There's the Jewish part of Flushing. Mm-hmm. There's a very residential, suburban part of Flushing. And it's so wide. It's uh, I feel like everybody who's lived in Queens lived in Flushing, but nobody knows Flushing. So when yeah. when I when we were talking to Andrea about Flushing, she's you know from Canada, but she knows New York at this point. Right. My whole thing was, yeah, but nobody knows Flushing. But you did know it because Chinatown, Chinatown. is yeah. very big. Oh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Bourdain. We, it was always a very proud moment seeing Anthony Bourdain come to Flushing a couple of times. And, uh, For dim sum? The, the, the cuisine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, they call Queens the world's borough. I mean, yeah. everything is Brooklyn, 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 Manhattan, and it's great, but... I don't know. For me, I think Queens has an energy about it that e- that that even Brooklyn doesn't have. You know, Queens is still very, um, you know, I mean, obviously Queens is a diverse place. It goes without saying, but there's mm-hmm. a there's an energy to Queens here. You feel like you could really be yourself. Yeah, you know, you be who you are. Sometimes I feel like, you know, when you're in those other boroughs, there's like a thing going on where. You know, could you really let your hair down? Could you really be yourself? No, you got to put it up in a bun. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're a man. Yeah, the the only hair you could let out is, you know, on your beard. Male, female, doesn't matter. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. When I I moved to Queens um, about maybe five years ago, um, I just remember, and I lived in Astoria for a time, and I'm like, oh, these are real New Yorkers who are just like doing their business. They're not really trying to impress anyone. They're like moving about their lives and, and you know everyone is very helpful to one another and 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 you know kind i've definitely noticed but there is an air of like i'll do my shit you do your shit hey there's a guy doing this fucking thing who cares you know what i mean it's right. just it is relaxed it's very relaxed it's yeah. a very good description the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the world's fair was here and you know it's the last stop on the seven train yeah. You know, and the, you know, even the tennis center. So even there are these things that maybe I never go to. I'm like, well, it's kind of cool that they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you kind of have that attitude towards it. But, you know, I've been lucky. You know, my neighborhood, even when my neighborhood, you know, some of the people that moved out changed, you know, the neighbors I have now, I've probably never had better neighbors. 
Mm. You know, every it's a it's still a great neighborhood. Well, what and, part of Flushing did you grow up in? Because there are so many. I'm I would be considered more like North Flushing. Like I'm closer to, uh, you know, like where Union Street is. Are we talking where, again, Harding? Like a mile and talking... a half from Main Street and Roosevelt Avenue. You know, like um, maybe a mile oh. and a half from the seven train, the last stop on the seven train. Oh, so you're so, right yeah. by Chinatown. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. My my neighborhood, I would say I am in a neighborhood that's easily 70 percent, uh, you know, Asian. Easily, easily 70 percent. So I always used to get a kick when people said that the, uh, pretty soon uh, white people are going to be minorities. I said, I've been a minority for 25 years. I'm used to it. Right? <laughs> you know I mean? well, but no, it, the neighborhood's great. You know, I mean, I really I really still love living here. You know, I love that I can get incredible food. Obviously, if you take one look at me, I love that I can get incredible food from all parts of the world, whether it's Italian, Greek, Asian, Indian. It is all here. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think you'll see a lot of times if you do searches on great food spots in New York, flushing comes up a lot, a lot yes. of times. You know, yes. and then you branch out to like even you get into Jackson Heights. You know, they got a whole nother thing going on over there, which is awesome. You know, but for me right now in New York, there's no place I'd rather be. And you Carmine. said it best. You know, there are parts of New York that are parts of Queens that are very, you know, you get to Long Island City. Long Island City is bigger than some cities, you know, yeah. just Long Island City. is like the size of, uh, you know, Philadelphia. You know, it's gotten so big. You know, and yeah. then you can get out to where it's, you know, very quiet and it's beautiful parks. Where's so, the best pizza? Mm. In Queens, that's easy for me. I've always been in Amore. Big Amore fan. I'm gonna go with you on the Amore. Yeah, Amore is incredible. Oh. Where's Amore? It's in the. It's in the. What would you? Everyone still calls the Pathmark Shopping Center. Yes. You know, Pathmark's <laughs> not there no more for like 15 years. It's across the highway from the DMV. So what happens right. is, um, you go to the Why DMV. Is every pizza place like across a highway. It's always like you got to <laughs> run across a highway <laughs> into a mall. You you Everyone's have to gonna be flipping you off. Ignore that. You go to the DMV to fight your ticket, right? Because you might have gotten a cell phone ticket and maybe you cursed the cop out. Um, so you go there to fight the ticket, hoping the cop won't show up, right? Because mm-hmm. you gave them a PBA card and they weren't supposed to show up. And you sit there and they show up and you get convicted. You have points on your license. And then you go across the highway, across the Whitestone Expressway to get a slice of Amore, right? And when you go in there, the cop that just fucked you... <laughs> Is in Amore because that's where all the cops go after they fuck you at the DMV. That's Amore. That area. personal to you right now. Yeah, I mean that's no, no. That's it's not. It's not a story about me. This is just the. No, no. You never get in trouble or fight. Never. It's the Queen's way. This is the this. I was just saying like that's something that could happen. Like that's how you get to Amore. I was just explaining where it was. I think it's on Farrington Street. It's considered. I think it's on at Farrington Street. It's it's right off the side of the Whitestone Expressway. I I think it's Linden Place. The the exit. You can't get there, though, with without a car. Like, that's the no. irony of the DMV. You really, no. it's, you can't get there. And if you get off the highway at a different uh, exit than yours, you're fucked. It's a part of Queens where it's like the dick sticking up or something. I don't know. It's like, have you ever heard of Whitestone? Anyway. I have heard of Whitestone, yeah, yes, White but I've never the gone there. The no, come, I don't act like, yeah, Whitestone. Okay? I'm not like, yeah, <laughs> I hang out in White. I know the name Whitestone for sure, well, they but got, I've never they gone got, there. You know, you got Utopia. Well, is Utopia Bagels considered Whitestone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, I guess it kind of is. Utopia Bagels is light. When you, when you, you got to run across another freeway to Utopia Bagels. I know, because everyone in those parts of Queens has a car. It's yeah, you're not... going to see me on a rebel scooter going down the highway being like, I'm told these are the best bagels. I heard this is an amazing slice of pizza and great bagels. <laughs> well, so Flushing, I've been to Flushing one time, um, and a, a friend of mine loves to get happy ending massages. So he goes Ooh. to Flushing to right. get, you know, jerked off and massaged Andrea. By a woman, you know, allegedly, Your Honor, by a woman who's probably trafficked there. So I go meet him. I'm like, I'm not going to. Why, be- you think that she's trafficked just because she works and lives in the massage parlor? No, 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 no. It's just the look. It's the sadness in her eyes that really tipped me off. <laughs> she knew about you know, Corona go, early. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm, he's like, I love going to these massage parlors. Like, okay, I'll, I'll meet you when you're done doing whatever ungodly thing that you're up to. And then we go and he takes me on a food tour of, mm. of the Asian part of Flushing. We're going to get duck's feet. And then yeah. we're going down the street to go to a, a Korean tea bar where they serve cakes and all these yeah. different types of teas. It, it, a guy, <laughs> I forgot about this. A guy was running down the street with like a huge cart filled with food, you know, like just stacked in like wooden crates. He tripped over something. It flew everywhere. I'm laughing. <laughs> My friend's trying to get you me to open your mouth. Up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> just caught it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's a crazy place. It felt like I was in a, an Asian country. You get off the train and you're yeah. like, wow, I'm in, I'm in Tokyo. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it, it, it is that it is like a little enclave, mm -hmm. but there are, if you are a, a food person, you know, it is wild. You know, yeah. you could really, you could, gets some incredible i don't know if she's still there but there was a woman and i don't i like i i have duck like once every five years but mm -hmm. there's a woman there who would sell these little duck sandwiches and they put it in that soft uh like that white bread they almost oh that like little taco. bun oh yeah, steam, white steam bun. Bum. yeah and it's and it was a duck with a little barbecue sauce and chives it was <sighs> it was I would be on the seven train inhaling it. It was like, it was the best thing. Yeah. You get three of them for $5. That's another thing. Wow. Like incredible food. It's so cheap. Yes. Yeah. When I went, when I went to the Korean tea place, it was like this, if I did this in Manhattan, it would be $300. It was like 80 bucks. Yeah. Even the happy ending massagers are oh, of the price. Yeah, criminal, yeah. criminal. Yeah. You want to get jerked off and buy luxury food, go to Flushing. <laughs> I mean, what an endorsement. That's as good yeah. as any slogan you're going to see on a camera. <laughs> that's I mean, what's on there. I mean, that's on their sign I mean, coming I, in. In fact, I'm going to talk to my friend on the city council and I want to see, let's get this going in. <laughs> I mean, they'll well, be coming look, in droves. <laughs> what kind of shenanigans did you get up to as a, a Queens guy? Because uh, there's Forest Hills where we spoke about a lot of the Queens kids hung out as like a starter hang, you know, like as soon as your parents <laughs> let you out of the house, you're going to Forest Hills. Yeah, it was like the fake city. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then you kind of like start going to probably the West Village. Um, maybe uh, some people not in the know go to like 42nd Street just to be like, I was told 42nd Street. Mm -hmm. So what did you get up to? Well, when you when you turn 18, the big thing in my neighborhood, of course, you started taking your car to Francis Lewis Boulevard. Yes. Little, you mm. know, cru cruising the boulevard. You know, so you do that for a few years, you know, because, you know. Do all New Yorkers just hang out drink. on roads? Why are you guys always hanging out on roads? You Francis drive up and down and you yell. Boulevard of death, all this. That's a different a boulevard. Road. <laughs> it's because oh, we Queen, can't. Queen's there's, boulevard. Yeah. there's nowhere to hang out. If you think about it, we're surrounded True. by concrete. No one's allowing us in, especially before. Well, during our age, I think we were allowed into spaces. But you have to buy something once you're there or they will kick right. you out. They're paying attention to you. So no one wants the kids around. So we hang out like parks are like maybe sometimes fewer far between. But there no, are parks. Park. I mean, parking lots. Park? Yeah. And just anywhere where you could be like the boulevard. OK, we have a name for it. We're meeting you there. It doesn't yeah, matter. You know, people would. Now, by the way, that's another movie. Uh, I'm in. I have a scene in it, but my buddy was a producer on it. There was a movie, movie they just made called Cruise. Ooh. And Cruise, pretty much, if you wanted, if you want to know what Francis Lewis Boulevard was like, this movie oh, nailed fun. it to a T. And uh, who's it? Who's it? Was uh, your friend that made the movie from the the neighborhood? Gino. Is it? Yeah. Is it you based on the, Francis Lewis? It absolutely is. You guys would love Gino too. Well, tell us <laughs> a little about Francis Lewis and and like, let's say. Uh, Talk about a night that had some. Well, first of all, what kind of car did you have? Uh, Sorry, Tracy. I yes, I got yeah, ahead. I, I, I definitely wasn't one of the really cooler guys that way. I had a 1978 sky blue Pontiac Monoville. Ooh, really, I don't know what that means. I had a Goodfellas mobile. It's a basically it's very big. It's very, very large. Yeah, it's basically the Enterprise. It's a okay. massive vehicle. <laughs> and and uh, you would just you know drive down to the boulevard and you would circle from. Like Pizzerama, which would be on Franny Lou, and I'm forgetting the cross street. By the way, they call it Franny Lou. And you come all the way up and you get all the way. There's a McDonald's and then you turn over there 
And you just make this circle. And along the way, when you get to red lights or while you're even driving, you know, if a car full of girls would pull up, you know, you'd do a hawk, you'd do a this. It was so cheap. You tell them to pull back. over and then you hang yeah. in the parking lot. Gino's movie says it best. It was before social media. That was our social network was Franny Lou. You know, Absolutely. You know, you'd get a phone number here, a phone number there. Some guys more successful than others. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, the shy type. But, you know, it'd be fun. You know, the, the music would be playing. And then eventually, as you get to 21, you kind of graduate to Bell Boulevard. You, know, you get into the, oh, the bars base. there. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, you go into the rest, you know, you go into the Like bars, Byzantios? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'm, when I'm there, it's like BB Juniors and there was uh, T-Birds and, and 4005. And then you get after that, you know, then you discover then you do your Long Island phase. Sure. Right. That's when you're going to real clubs. So Bell Boulevard is in Bayside, Queens. That's Bell Boulevard's like, it's like a strip of bars and restaurants. It's kind of like, yeah. right. So it's, I, I worked there. I worked yeah. there at Uncle Jack's Steakhouse. I worked in the corporate oh. office there Perfect. upstairs from the steakhouse. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Tracy's job. It is. <laughs> New job for me. Is anyone keeping track of this? Listeners, yeah. are you writing a list of Every all the jobs? Tracy has a ridiculous fucking job that we didn't hear about. <laughs> I worked at the offices for six months. It's funny. I didn't really much hang out on Bell Boulevard, but I'm so familiar with it because I went to Cardoza High School and those guys hung out at Bell Boulevard. But I didn't have the car situation. I don't know what I was driving. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah. And then Manhattan comes. You know, then it's like we're going to the limelight. We're going to Roseland. We're going to all right. And And then you get there and you're like, Wow, this is fucking out of my league, man. This is like this is real club. Yeah, like you realize just how sheltered you've been when you walk into that. It's just it's and you so see big. Hamza standing there in uh twelve inch heels and fishnets yeah, dancing in a cage, just yelling, like, "I'm home! I'm yeah. home!" <laughs> yeah, at first I was. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. This is I'm I'm, I'm not prepared for this. And then, of course, little by little. That's all you want to do then is go to Manhattan nightclubs. You know what I mean? You know, then, it, then you know, you go to that. But, you know. What's one of the weirdest things you saw at, like, Limelight or one of those oh, clubs? Oh, you know what I want to say. I, I, you I, could I, say it. Come on, Carmine. Give us the goods. This is an adult podcast. I saw on the Limelight stage uh, uh, this woman eating another woman out. And I call her a woman because I hope she was on, of age, both of them, because uh, I wasn't. So, and they were Wait, videotaping it. Wait, any of you guys it. ever go to, I don't know if it would, I don't know if it was gone by the time you guys were going to clubs. Uh, did you guys ever go to the vault? We've discussed the vault. We've on had this two show. episodes about the vault already. I, well, yeah. I took like a five day shower when I got out of that place. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you see? Come on. What the hell? Like, I'm like, I'm never. Uh, it was, it was, did you meet anyone? I in the bathroom and he was wanted people to do things on him. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to the bathroom. I'm He's like, like I'm, I'm calm. Go. I'm from Flushing. I, I don't like, want to do things on like you. This. I had like my hands in my shirt. I, like, <laughs> I didn't want to touch anything. I'm like, this is. So <laughs> did you pee on him or what? Fuck out of here! I'm like, what, what, like one of my buddies, Andrea. I, I you would have peed one, on him, right? One of, of course. Of buddies, one of my buddies said. I remember one of my buddies said, he was an older man. He goes, you're probably someone's grandfather. <laughs> like, he just walked out. You know, it's just, it wasn't for us. You know, I'm not going to say I'm a prude or anything, but, you know, it wasn't my scene. You're more you of a Bell like, Boulevard kind of guy. You well, want to keep it no, simple? I like going to the Manhattan. Like, I enjoy going to the limelight. I, I, I really, uh, you know, I did the China Club a little bit. But I Listen, let's get real. Club guy. Carmine enjoys a nice uh, dinner at uh, Ponte Vecchio and, you know, he, he wants, he likes a nice low key business yeah. casual that, I mean, that's what I I've always gotten from you. Wait, so then I like going to the casinos. I, I eventually love, you know, and that, then when I discovered going to casinos and, you know, they had clubs and what casinos did you go to? You know, when I was younger, it was just probably just would have been. See, I liked going to Caesars when I was younger, but once they built the Borgata. This yeah. is in AC, Atlantic City. Atlantic yeah. City, yeah. yeah. Once yeah. So now we're going out to New Jersey. So was this like your weekends with your boys? You were going out. You're like, come on, guys, I got comps this weekend. We're going to go hard. We're going to, you know what? I'm even going to pay. We're going to get a, a porterhouse for two at Homestead. Is that what you're doing? Is this your weekends? Maybe a couple of times. No, most of the weekends, uh, there was a club in Long Island called The Dorm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, it was on Friday nights. 
No, Andrea. That was a great club. <laughs> Where and what neighborhood really in Long great. Island was it? I guess I think it was probably considered Hempstead. It wasn't that. What, far. like Levittown? I uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel on like, Hempstead Turnpike. Yeah, what? I feel like it was in Hempstead. Oh, a Turnpike! Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Why uh, was it good? Why was that place good? You lit up. You know, because they had. You know, after a while, you'd hear the nothing but the freestyle and the and the dance music. Maria, the most beautiful girl I've ever heard. heard. Maria, uh, I love it as much as the next guy. But then you walked into this place and they were playing like ACDC. Mm. Everybody was dancing. Like this is my kind of fucking club. I like this place. You know, like it was just a different vibe, a little more rock. Yeah, but people dancing just as much, and uh, you know, cheaper alcohol, and uh, a little grittier. Yeah, you can get yourself you can get yourself lit up pretty good there, and yeah, not as pretentious. You know what I mean? Again, with the you know, let your hair down, be yourself. Don't feel like you got to put up a show for for the whole club. You know what I mean? So when you yeah. went to this club, were there uh, dress shoes and pants with a cuff on the bottom, or is that the other <laughs> clubs? No, these that that particular club, the dorm, you could like show up with like just jeans and a regular. Okay, shirt. so it's way yeah. more relaxed, way yeah, more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's about my yeah. speed. I used to do um, I used to do the other clubs in Long Island. My favorite club to go to was South Beach, and that was in Island Park. And yeah. South Beach was where you know I guess a little bit more like how the men dressed at a city club. Where Hamza, do you remember this? Like the 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 wider Island lo- Park. Island Park is Long Island, but I'm saying just like the way that yeah. men dressed at is clubs. It the one that was right on the water. Yes, that I don't think I went to. It was called Industry. Yes, it was. That's exactly where on the freeway. I don't think I went to Long Island clubs at all. But do you remember just even in in the city clubs where, um, you know, men had like like kind of like a wide leg dress pant and there was like a crease in it, and then there were like dress shoes all the time, and you were yes. like, and then the the button down shirt had like dragons on it, yes, and it was definitely shiny, and it was definitely from Bang Bang. Yeah, bang bang. Yes. What is bang bang? Bang bang is where so you go. To, store. You get to, to your club gear. It was okay. at Queen Center Mall, top floor, okay. or Broadway. Mm-hmm. And you just those are the clothes that I put in the bag and then left my house and changed into after I left. So it was like you know tiny little wraparound skirts that if you like move a little too much, your whole butt is sticking out. Yeah, little yeah. haltery tops, very shiny clothes at the time. A lot of sequins, a lot Love of candy, it. candy like <laughs> stuff. You know, yeah. Like, if yeah. you wore a candy bra, like. That would fit in. <laughs> I love it. I want to. Yeah. I feel like my entire wardrobe is from Bang Bang. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you remember it, what was that place on Main Street with Joyce Leslie? Yes, these are Joyce like Leslie G and G. Like all of these, like eighties vibe kind of joint, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Carmine, you're a giant Mets fan. Yes. Um, and you've always been like so vocal about loving the Mets. The Mets are from Queens. Yada yada yada. You're singing the Yankee theme song. Right. Well, real quick, what happens is, buddy of mine, Joe. Look, he leaned Balls. in like it's a secret. I know. Joe He's Joe, like, guys, Joe, don't Joe, listen Joe, to this. Joe Balls, who's, uh, and I were like a comedy team. We would do mm-hmm. like musical comedy. And we, you know, we, right. did, Car- we did Caroline's. Yes. And, uh, New York Comedy Club and Stand Up New York, but mostly Caroline's. We would have like a monthly show. And then one night we were supposed to have a big shot from ABC was going to come and see us. But then she couldn't show up, so we tried to record the show. And when we watched the show back, him and I both thought, oh, no, no, you know what happens is the tape doesn't come out. Something happens where the guy who was recording it doesn't do it. And we, try, and we have a great night, but we never quite recapture that night. So we try to book more shows. And in the process of doing our shows, we realize that our act isn't very good. We're like, no, it's not even that good. <laughs> and that leads to us trying to do something different. So we booked this show at a place called Don't Tell Mamas, which is yeah. Yeah. in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. And we find out that our buddy, a good friend of ours, who I referenced earlier, Gino, is coming to the show. And we hadn't seen Gino in a while. Uh, and we said, you know what? Gino's coming to the show. What? Forget about everybody else. Let's write a song for Gino. Forget and about it. The concept was what would Gino's ultimate Christmas be? And this led into <laughs> Guido Christmas. Like, what, what, is a, what does a Guido want for Christmas? So it was done so haphazardly and thrown together that we write this song 12 Days of Guido Christmas. It was like, you know, eight how you doings, nine balls of grabbing, ten <laughs> hand gestures. It was silly, right? 
It was great. Well, Gino's there, and he gets such a kick out of it. He gets a tape of it to KTU. <gasps> KTU. So, yeah, there you go. So KTU's <laughs> morning show at the time, Hollywood Hamilton, Goomba yes. Johnny. Our friend Goomba Johnny. The best. I love Shout John. out. John, John always, always was a supportive and helped us out all the time. So gets us on the morning show. You know, we play it, and, you know, pretty quickly gets a good response. So the following September – Gino, you know, you got to give him credit, comes up with the idea is we should make a CD, Guido, a Guido Christmas CD, and sell it at the San Gennaro Feast, which is a big Italian street fair. It takes place on Mulberry Street every September. That's in Little Italy. Right. In Little Italy. Won't happen this September, of course. But hey. um, <laughs> COVID. And then, uh, so we're going to make the CD. We'll sell the CDs. Well, as an extra song, we make this song called How You Doing, which is about sort of like a Guido retrospective of the 80s. <laughs> you know, I to close you away. Do and and you know, we knew obviously. You know, everyone's like, "Well, look, Joey from Friends." We're like, well, I mean, we've been saying that since the late seventies that term, but I guess so. Yeah, your reference. So we make this CD, and how you doing is sillier than Guido Christmas. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm like, "What? What is this? What are we doing?" And, you know, Joe and I and Gina, I want we want to be like serious actors. I'm like, this is ridiculous. When you're so, recording it, are you like, this is fucking yeah, we, stupid? Well, of course. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but, you know, again, I, I got to give I got to give credit to Gino. You know, he would, you know, no, this is going to be good. And and Joe is so damn funny. Like Joe's very me. I need to like write stuff. Joe's very quick with it. Is Joe Balls? Is yeah, Joe Balls. Like, Joe, Joe Balls. Funny on a Joe dime. Balls, Gino and Carmine. All right. Yeah, well, Genutes. His, his stage Genutes. name was Genutes. Okay. <laughs> So and to follow, please. Right. <laughs> so we, we make this CD. And I need to sell. respect your culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we sell like a thousand of them at San Gennaro. That's huge. Oh, wow. That's so much. Yeah. So one of the. How much one, do they cost at the time? Maybe seven or eight bucks. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're moving them. So we sell, we happen to sell one to a coach on the Yankee staff. And we didn't know it at the time. And it was funny because the guy, we would perform the song in the in the booth. Mm-hmm. Like Joe would do Guido Christmas in the booth. And this guy and his wife were watching him. Like they watched him do like it. Like live on, at the street fair. Yeah, right on the street. Right, right. We built a little stage in our booth. So Joe would get up on the stage oh. and he'd do his thing. And the guy and his wife watched a bunch of times. And then they start to leave. And Joe starts breaking their balls. Like he watched us for half an hour. The least you could do is buy a CD. <laughs> that guy was the coach. So if yes. Joe doesn't his balls, the guy never buys it. Well, he buys it. He starts playing it in the Yankee locker room. Oh, my God. The players get a kick out of it. He wants to get his $7 worth. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen to this fucking crazy Italian shit. I <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much what happens. So one day, we get a phone call from that guy or it was his wife saying, could you guys FedEx 25 copies of your CD down to Baltimore? Cause that's where they were playing at the time. So us, before we return the message, this is back when you had a, a voice mailbox, you know, like mm-hmm. a service, mm-hmm. I have a service, call my service number. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right, that's we, how you used to pretend you were a business. It would call exactly, yeah. only an answering machine. And the way you know, you have messages and don't waste your quarter is if there are two rings, then that means you don't have a message. So you hang up before it picks up and takes your quarter. Right. If the machine picks up right away, you have a message and it takes right. your quarter and you Bingo. check your machine. Totally nailed. Right Life there. hack. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. You were like a, a real person. <laughs> yeah. And you got a two one two number, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hell yeah. Normally I'm seven. So like, now I'm handing out something that says two one two on it. Right. Oh, these guys must have an office. These guys is two one two a big is a big fucking deal? Because I've heard this before. This yeah. is an old school New York area yeah. code. That means that okay. you're in the center of Manhattan and okay. you are you've been there forever. Okay, I see. There and was, then Queens, so Queens two used two. to be two one two until like nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty five. Oh, well, well, I stole it when from I was, you. Yeah. I That's when I was born, so I, I wasn't remembering yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is they ran out of 212. 212 was this elite number. You're in Manhattan, whether it's business or personal, right? right. They yeah. ran out of 212 numbers and started hanging, handing out 646 numbers. I got and 646. I shit, I shit you not. People were so fucking angry. Yeah. If we had social media, it'd be trending for like a month. Oh, and when 347 happened? 
then oh. really people are like three. What the hell? There's I'm not no having flow it. to this at all. Three, four, seven. <laughs> no, we we would call that it. That was you were really demoted. You were like, yeah. you fucking trash. Three, four, seven. You would argue with the person giving you the number. Yeah. You got to look for two and two. Let's wait a second. Like look yeah, for another no, number. I'll take anything. It has to start with two and two, seven, one, eight, and nine, one, seven, nine, one, seven, was nine, one. I got a nine, one, seven. So Me that too, was still. Yeah. So nine, one, seven was like the original cell phones in right. New York city. And if you right. got a nine, one, seven, that means that you've had a cell phone for like 20 years. So it's, it's two, one, two, nine, one, seven, right. like Those in order of importance, two, one, two, nine, one, seven, then seven, one, one, eight. eight. 718. These are the elites. And then 718 is just Queens, though, now, even now. No, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn. No, oh, it's oh that's else. right. Yeah, that's right. Every other borough. Staten it's Island, Manhattan. too. Right. Yeah. And the Bronx. Sure. Oh, we don't talk about those. And places. then 516 was Long Island. Then they ran out of those numbers. They changed. 631. 631 if you were further away. So now it was indicated if you said 516, you're in closer Long Island. You're 631. In Nassau, County. Nassau County and yeah. Suffolk County. Okay. We want to Suffolk County. So I'm a six four six. I came here thirteen years ago. I'm a six four six. What is? Where do I go? Am I? Am I okay? How you're am a newbie. You down like it's six. You, you listen. You're not three four seven, and that's a big thing. I'm not three. I'm not so three four seven. Is like it's oh, like that bottom. That's the bottom. That's the- without question. <laughs> I would if almost you- be more intrigued if you're from like an out of state area club. Like, oh, where are you from? Like, you know what I mean? 347 is like, oh, you're from Well, here. they do give 954, which is a Florida number, to New York right. City cell phones now. That's weird. Really? That's, I used that's, to know where you were from based like on like, because the like number tragic. would come up and I'd be like, oh, 954, that's Florida. 516, it's this. 203 yeah. is Connecticut. Like, right. did you ever, 415 is California. You would just know people's numbers. Did yeah. you ever take it a step further and know what neighborhood you were from from the first three digits of the actual Whoa, phone number? No. If they matched mine, 591, 380. I know yeah, like those I was numbers. 358. This and around here, yeah, it'd be a lot of 358s, 352. Right. Yeah. Andrea, people used to have one phone per family. I mean, I, I know <laughs> I, I had I had phone m- numbers up in Canada. I was memorizing phone numbers and shit, too. But uh, and there, a similar thing happened in Vancouver uh, when there was a flip over. Um, um, I'm a 604 and then 250 came on the street and we were all like, Ooh, you're five get the fuck out. Go back home. So yeah. Carmine, you get this message. They want right. 25 copies. What's going on here? So us smart kids, we go, Hey, before we call, before we call back, let's say with, you're not going to believe this. We're down there. Instead of FedExing you copies to Baltimore, we say, you're not going to believe this. We're doing a record store signing in Washington, D.C. Total lie. Mm-hmm. Why don't we hand deliver them to the team? Oh, so well, they take the bait. We show up there and we meet the whole team. And you would have thought we were the celebrities. Like when we show up, they started whispering. Like they were little kids whispering to themselves like, oh, my God, those are the how you doing guys over there. Well, again, they start introducing themselves by their first and their last name. Like Derek Jeter came up to me. He's like, I'm Derek Jeter. I'm the shortstop. I'm like, dude, I know who the fuck you are. I mean, I know <laughs> like, and they all did that. I'm so-and-so. I'm the first baseman. So it was a really nice experience. So on the way home, we're like, well, that was nice of them. Why don't, you know what we'll do? Let's write a song just for them. It'll be like our little thank you. You know, they got us tickets to the game. We met them. They didn't pay us for the CDs. That's another story. <laughs> Joe, I was going to say, see, Joe, I... Joe I'm a good business person. Like, so who's paying for these? What's going on? <laughs> like, I would have so been Joe's like, Joe's a businessman, huh? Joe <laughs> yeah. fucking takes numbers, takes <laughs> names. I like that. I like that. So we, we come back, but they, they end up paying us back uh, a lot more, and you'll see what happens. So uh, we come back. We write the song for them. We drop it off with the, you know, they would have like a clubhouse manager. So we drop it off with this guy. I think his name was Rob Kakuz, a really great guy. And Rob takes it like Rob, it's for the guys, you know, and we thought that was the end of it. And then one night they clinched like a playoff series, like on their way to the world series. And I'm watching on ESPN, them celebrating. And I can hear the, the song playing in the locker room. Oh, that's so funny. They're playing the song. Still not thinking anything of it. The next day, now the Yankee, the, the organization calls us. And says, hey, do we do we have your permission to play this song at the stadium? So, like, of course, of course, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, they play it one night at the stadium. The next day, record companies, TV show, talk show. I mean, it goes from, like, complete nothing happening to... You went viral. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what happened. So they play it. The song comes on the radio. <clears throat> Within a month, we have a record deal offer. We even get an offer from Mountain Dew to do like a um, an ad campaign. You get it? How you doing? You know what I mean? They're gonna uh, do it in the tri-state the area. Yeah. So it's a really exciting. And then that, you know, not to because I, I know I don't know how much time we have, but that, you know, we You're get good. to go on the the ticket tape parades. And, you know, amazing. the Yankees are cool. They let us sell the CDs. You know, they never. You know, I guess they could have you know, put a cease and desist on it. But no, they let it, they, you know, the coolest thing the Yankees did was leave us alone. You know what I mean? They really yeah. did. They let us like run wild with it and, you know, show up at all these events. And, and, uh, you know, we did a lot of club appearances. I remember doing a, a shows all around, you know, either in the boroughs or Long Island or in Jersey. And then that kind of leads into pounds. You know what I mean? After that. Well, before um, we get into that, you know, you have newfound fame at this point, and it must be, you know, as, as exciting as it is, it must be very stressful as well. Mm-hmm. Were you ever stressed out? It was the three of us. The three of us would have so much fun together. You do need help from other people. Yeah, you. but you need support system. And I got to tell you, sometimes, you know, you're lucky enough to have your support system, but right. not everyone always has that. And not everyone wants to lean on their friends and family. So what you could do if you don't have that, you could use BetterHelp Online Counseling because BetterHelp Online Counseling is always there for you. If something's interfering with your happiness, if you want to talk about depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I use BetterHelp. I absolutely love it. I use um, video chat on my iPad. You could use it on your phone. You could use it on your computer. You could text. You could have phone calls, whatever is comfortable for you. And that's that's my favorite part about BetterHelp. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash New York. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash New York. So Carmine, I'm so grateful that you had your friends to lean on, but if you don't, there are other options. Absolutely. No, that's good to know. And there have definitely been plenty of times in my career where that would have been helpful. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe some ahead. So absolutely. So you, you start working on a new project after um, the, how you doing boys takes off. Right. And that's cool. That it becomes pounds, uh, which is a feature film that I do with one of my uh, other good friends, Matthew Bonifacio and Matthew and I had met as extras on Malcolm X. And we stayed in touch and became very close friends you know, like 10 years before we do pounds, that's how we meet. We stay friends. We do like one act plays and short films and stuff like that. And, you know, so he comes on board as a writer and he directs it and, you know, we produce the movie together and I play the lead role in it. And we had a great cast, a couple of actors, more than a couple. We have quite a few actors who you've probably seen in a lot of stuff. And we make this movie and it's a great experience and it, it gets into Sundance and we end up getting nominated for a Spirit Award eventually after many years of distribution struggles. And, you know, great reviews from the critics, you know, does really, really well. And then after that, I do another movie called The Mexicano a few years later. That mm-hmm. premieres at the Tribeca Film Festival. And same like, thing. This is like cult fame that you're experiencing <laughs> in a lot of ways. For sure. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was nice too because a couple, you know, mm-hmm. I'd have a lot of people reach out to me on Facebook, especially it's been, pounds. Pounds you know, is really pounds. intimate, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's very vulnerable. I can't yeah. imagine it was easy to film. You know, the best part about it is making a movie is so difficult that it uh that, that like it distracts you with what you're doing, and it might have been a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't even think twice about, all right, well, this scene, uh, you know, he's got to have his shirt off. You know, like I didn't even think, whereas now I'd be like, I, I can't do that. Great. But also and the I, words I, coming at you are abusive and yes. aren't they taken from personal experience? Yes, yeah, some of them, some of them definitely are. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, uh, I definitely, I put everything I had into that movie. I mean, I don't think I'll ever make a movie that personal again. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and it was helpful to me for while I was doing it. I mean, I've, I've struggled with my weight my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been from, you know, in my adult life, I've been everywhere from 175 to over 400 pounds. I mean, mm-hmm. I've all over the place and pounds. I always knew that if I was going to feel like I could get on a run with losing some weight, I wanted to make a movie around it. So, you mm-hmm. know, we shoot it over 27 months. So we would shoot a scenes. I'd lose weight. We'd shoot more scenes. I'd lose more weight. Wow. You know, so in the course of the movie, I lose, you know, well over a hundred pounds during the course of the movie. Wow. And, in uh, real life. I know that was like yeah. the craziest thing about me. And I've, I've tried, I saw it in the movie theaters when it premiered um, in uh, the East village. And I was trying to explain it to like my friends. I'm like, so he loses a hundred pounds during the movie. They're like, Oh, it's a documentary. I'm like, it's not. It's based on his life, but it is an actual like narrative. It's it's not. And they're like, but I don't understand. It's not a documentary, but he actually loses the weight during the film. I'm like, yeah, that's so much pressure. Yeah, so much pressure. But again, that's where I was lucky. You know, Matthew was Matthew. uh, When when I asked Matthew to direct it, I knew he could do it as a filmmaker. No doubt about it. But I also knew I was going to need I was going to need a friend. You know, I was going to need someone you know, he knew there were going to be good days. There were going to be bad days. You know, there were going to be days where I said, yo, man, I, you know, I, I gained seven pounds this week. You know, mm-hmm. we might have to delay shooting a month. Sure. You know, but uh, no, he was really an incredible person. And then he directs a Mexicano. But to this day, I still get messages from pounds. Uh, people, it's really heartbreaking. I've gotten messages, where, you know, who's, you know, contemplated suicide, who hasn't left their house in five years, who hasn't. Wow, you know, really, really heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, and I am. I'm always so careful with how to answer those things because, you know, you want to, because I'm not a professional, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I always want to, you know, say the right things or write the right things and, you know, be as helpful as I can. But a, a lot of the friends I have on Facebook are people that reached out to me from Pounds or Mexicano. And even in Mexicano, I remember one night we would do the screening in Atlanta. And we're walking out of the screening and there's this man, he is just crying. The guy is bawling his eyes out. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with that man? Is he all right? You know, like, I I don't know. I mean, he was so emotional. Yeah. And there happened to be a reporter there from uh, CNN uh, Latino. Mm -hmm. And they were like covering the event. And she went over and asked him, you know, you know, what's going on. And he said, he goes, that movie was my, was my family's story. You know, so when you hear stuff like, because with independent filmmaking, you obviously making a living is quite a struggle. Yeah, of and uh, you know the thing that that uh, you know people think this is bullshit, but it's really not. The thing that keeps you going is when you see those kind of reactions to something you did. Of course, uh, that puts wind in your sails. Sure, it's the same thing with comedy. I could say because it's like we're not we're not getting paid what people think that we should get paid or we think that we should get paid even. (laughs) Paid? Wait, what? When someone remembers your joke or remembers seeing you perform somewhere else and goes up and like, hey, this is the third time I've seen you perform. You know, I saw that. Like that feels so good, and I'm like, really? Because I made fifteen dollars today. But please (laughs) tell me, tell me how funny I am. Just one more time. What? Which was your favorite joke? And podcasting, I would say too. I, you know, sure. I've received I've received emails that are you know very touching from things sure. that I've done in podcasting, and um, it's awesome. yeah, it's it's definitely a big part of it. There's a connection to an audience that you know. Have you had a weird yeah. sighting? Because like you're sort of um, a popular guy in Queens, right? And so, has anyone no, reacted weird to you on the street? I've never had that happen, but I've had uh, I've never had that happen. But I, I, I uh, you know, I've gone into some places, and you know, people. I, I think I've probably been more recognized for a Mexicano living in Queens. Mm. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, do a lot of times people have this response to you? Hey, yeah, every now <laughs> okay. and then, yeah, sure, right. <laughs> sure, every now and then. Not as much now because it's been a little while since the movies have been out, but but definitely when they had first come out. And, uh, you know, they were, yeah, it's, that's always really cool. You get a good reaction. And and luckily they've all been positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You made another movie that you haven't named. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit funny because this movie that you did make chooch was about you being from Queens. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what, what is a chooch (laughs) Carmenuch? Chooch, uh, Chooch it was a movie I made with someone who I, I consider also a very close friend of mine, and we were trying to do something else. You know, we were we were, we were trying to do something, but it is definitely a uh, a zany 
a zany, goofy comedy. You know, well, is that how Tracy uh, came into your life? You mentioned that well, you put a poster on Tracy's have, car. Well, not me, but someone they had probably, as they call it, sniping the city. Yeah, someone was flyering. Cards all around, and poor Tracy's car was one of the cars that got a postcard. And, and then, then but how you does go that turn it? into a friendship? Yeah. Like, I think you just came to see the movie or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and then I emailed him, and I was like, yeah. hey, that was great. And, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm a nice guy. You know, and, who, you know who I am. Come on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tracy, you know, yeah. I, I was like, that was inspiring. I love. So this let me tell you. So Carmine, tell us what a chooch is. Not everyone knows what a chooch is. Yeah, I don't know what a chooch is. I don't know what a chooch is. Yeah, a lot of people might explain it different ways, but I always consider it kind of like a, a lovable, like <laughs> kind of like not, like almost not a nincompoop. But, you know, he's. He's probably not the smartest guy in the family. You know, he's, he's you know, kind of who, you know, he's going to kind of a, a like a mook or, a, you know, a, you know, <laughs> I he's could, not a bad I could, guy. You know, I he's could not watch you get dance in, around it. Get into a deep conversation with you. Is he a putz? No, he's your, yeah, a little he's bit, your yeah. simple friend. He's right, like he's a, a lovable guy. He's not a he's not a total dimwit. Uh, he likes not. balls and sauce, you know. You, yeah, you can count so, on him to be confused. Yeah, you can count no, on him to be confused. Talk, uh, you know, he's not going to talk. Uh, you know, geopolitics. With, uh, you know what I mean? He's gonna, you know, he'll talk about like the new store that's opening up. You know, you see what's going on over there. You see what they're, they're building a Starbucks near us. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> that's the conversation you're gonna have. Right. So but this everyone, movie, everyone's gonna love him. You know, he's a lovable person. You know, probably be the first person there when you're having a little trouble. You know, probably probably be there to help you out if they could. You know, know, we we make fun of these people, but they're happier than we'll ever be. And, you know, that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The simple things in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this yeah. movie is a lot of bocce ball. It's yes. a lot of um, matching sweatsuits. Like this is, <laughs> and honestly, like when I, I saw this it. movie, now you're going to understand why I reached out. It's like when I saw this movie, I was like, these are my friends. Right. Yeah. These are my friends. Like these are like these Italian guys that like are living in a world that is so contained. Yeah. That they don't know much. It's like, you know, you think that the world revolves. And I think some of it was shot in Corona Queens, right? A lot of it was shot in Corona. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think, kind of where I think looking back, if we had to do it all over again, I think the mistake we make is then the second half of the movies in Mexico where they go on a vacation and that's where it kind of, you know, gets goofy. You know, Wait, so you're saying that Italian guys from Queens are going on spring break to Mexico? They think they are. I know, but that's such a novel idea. I've never heard of... I've never connected the two. <laughs> well, it's 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 one of those things that a very small percentage of people have ever even thought to do. You know, sure, of oh, course. Yeah. No, Hemda, uh, when you were younger, Hemda, when you were go younger, to and and something <laughs> happens. You know, the old wrong bag thing and hygiene. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> Hey, it's, it's just it's very silly. There's yeah. a dachshund in the movie. I'm into it. Hamza, when you were younger, did a lot of your friends go to Cancun for a spring break? There was a lot of Cancun. Like um, whenever we had Cancun. a break in school, the people who came back um, with a tan were probably and the braids. Did you get the, the braids? You get the they, um, they got the braids. Yeah, you get the one piece of your hair wrapped in thread, mm-hmm. and then oh, the, with yeah. the beads on the end too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I I never I never went to Cancun, but almost everyone I know did. Wow, it was, it's so funny. Went to it, it goes in waves. There was Puerto Rico for a while was where the New Yorkers went. Right. Um, Cancun, Bahamas for a while. Ooh, those um, are the fancy ones. Got to hide money there. I'm, 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 <laughs> Not that I'm really I know old. That. I was part of the Daytona Beach. Oh wow. <laughs> You were wearing a lot of neon. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> there were neon tank tops. I, I can picture about 30 it. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you work on this movie about guys from Queens. You work on Pounds. A Mexicano comes next. You're you spend a lot of time in the Southwest, really. Yeah. Shot that was two, shot two movies. A third movie. I did another movie called that I just produced called uh, Staring at the Sun. And we had to shoot some in Phoenix. I didn't go to the Phoenix part of it. I was, I was, had something else to do, but yeah, I've shot down there a few times. Well, they're very film friendly. Right. So I can get permits down there easily. And, you know, was there ever for the stories? 
Yeah, absolutely. Was there ever a moment uh, when you just felt like this is such a New York moment? Mm-hmm. Like in your life? For me personally? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, obviously we've yeah. been New Yorkers our whole lives, but like, what is what are things that stick out to you? Is there a story that sticks out? Well, I mean, the, the obvious stuff is the things you hear about so much. I mean, we all heard about like, you know, you can get a you can get almost like a Broadway quality show on a subway if you you know you hit the right subway like all that stuff everyone's heard, but for me it's like those personal experiences like I remember going to, uh, I went to the first this is one of the biggest mistakes ever in my life Ooh, I went oh. to the first Met game after nine eleven right they come back ten days later they're gonna play a game. So I, I mean, like I have to go, like I, I want to feel that energy and, you know, try and be, you know, be a part of, you know, try and do some positive things, just go there and try and be positive and we're there. And it's like this completely uneasy feeling. That's why I was so upset when they knocked down Shea Stadium because like Shea Stadium, it was not a pretty place. The place was a straight up dump, but it had experienced such int- amazing things. You know, it's where the Beatles first played in America. And mm-hmm. again, it's the first sporting event after 9-11, like Shea hosted some amazing things things even outside of baseball and uh you know i just remember never seeing new york like that you know so not to be a downer but going to mulberry street the san the 9-11 happened like the week san janeiro was going to happen right so we had built our booth uh to get ready for it Mm -hmm. and when obviously that happened the one of the things you had to do is get rid of you had to get your booth out of there so we went back there to take our booth down and I like, I had never seen the city, you know, so quiet, you know, it just was the oddest feeling. Yeah. Like, I had never seen New York like that. Cause this is, this is like a city of energy, you know, yeah. but then when I went to that game just 10 days later, like, even though it was such a, still such a sad time and still, you know, everyone, so many people's hearts were broken. You knew that night that, that New York was going to, was going to rise up. You know, you just could feel it in that stadium, like those early days right after it, like, it's a really tough city. This mm-hmm. is a resilient city. But then the mistake I make, the huge fucking asshole mistake I made. Wow. I was Whoa. with two people that night who will remain nameless. Ooh. Oh. Was it Joey Baseball? No, not Joey Baseball. Was it Janutes? I'm not going to say anything. It's a little slow, the game. So, And it's towards the end of the game, and they're losing like 2-1. to one. They're playing the Braves. Wait, the Mets are losing? The Mets are Oh, that was, that, you know. Oh, Tracy. <laughs> no, I just. I After 9-11, even wow. Tracy. Wow. Uh, I'm so Unbelievable. So, uh. They taught, they want to, let's go grab a bite to You know, we've been here enough. We've seen what it was all about. But I'm like, I don't know. I, I want to feel, I want to stay. And, well, they talked me into leaving. Mm-hmm. And of course, two innings later, Mike Piazza hits this like iconic home run that everyone oh. feels like is the beginning of like, this city's going to turn around. So it's like oh. this great baseball <laughs> American moment. I'm like, you motherfuckers. I cannot believe we just missed that. Where did That's you go so to funny. eat? I thought it something was, so was going to happen. Who's that? What'd you say? Wow. Just to be Femda. Have just been a dick. <laughs> no one would have thought that would have happened. So I no was, so, so I was, <laughs> but you know, I was there when the Mets won the world series in 86. That was a great New York moment. Seeing grown men. Gary Carter, man. <laughs> was there for that uh you know i i can't i'm trying to think of any other singular thing I mean, where did you go to also eat normal to me that nothing stands out yeah so sure. that's my answer to you i like it's all normal to me just like don't go to the vault yeah don't do <laughs> that's that too much don't, for him yeah so, don't go Carmine, to the vault your friends drag you out of this, like, you know, memorable gate. Well, not memorable for you because you weren't yeah. there, but. You um, missed the fucking moment, Carmine. You where did up. you go to eat? Like, what? Tell me what you ate that it was like. Was it worth it? That particular night, I could be. I can't remember where we went, but, if, uh, for, you know, on the on the subject of uh, great restaurants, I'm, geez, I'm trying to think. I can't. I did can't, you go to Parkside or something? No, we didn't. Play, that, that, you know, that would have been, you know, I mean, that's. Because then I would have been like, whatever, Mike Piazza will probably do that again. Probably not. Right. But <laughs> at least, <laughs> at no, least we got like a double lamb chop. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. No, I don't think we, I don't think we treated ourselves that well that night. No. Right. <laughs> like, it was uh, like, was it like taco, card tacos? Yeah, something. Yeah. It wasn't what a even fucking that, 
It wasn't that sexy. Yeah. What a fucking yeah. chooch. It, it was a chooch move we did. We did three <laughs> you well, chooched that up real hard, man. Yes. I think that if that was the biggest regret in your whole life, you have well, so I far. Go that far. <laughs> what's, what's the, I, I like that you wouldn't name the people that you went with. Like this Some of us have like, had abortions. You fucking set that up big. <laughs> right? And he's like, I won't name the I'm names of the people. I'm such a old man. For, no, of course I've had, you know. You know, big fuck up. Real big ones. What's your real biggest regret, yeah. Carmine? All right. <laughs> Who'd you kill, Carmine? <laughs> who's, who's swimming with the fishes now? Who's rolled up in a rug? Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe you know about that. Jesus. Yeah, no, we do. We Because you know how we know? We read your name. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, let's see how many times he's been arrested. Yeah, uh, whose feet are in cement? I'm so Come boring on. that way. Like, I've never been arrested. I've never... Well, you're afraid of the vault. We're not shocked about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, that this. to me, it's like, is this what prison is? Because if it is, right. I'm never going to do a bad thing <laughs> in my life. It's a fantasy I, life for people. So people, many pay people, a lot, people pay a lot of money to get into the vault, and you think it's like prison. And um, to dress like please that. Please take my wristband. Go. I don't want it. <laughs> I can pull this off and give it to you. It's all yours. Man. He's like, guys, get in the car. Back to Long Island. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> give me my freaking two dollar shots at the fucking farm. <laughs> shot, you know shot, I mean? shot, 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 shot. Like, you know, the grease soundtrack. I'm happy. Oh you know wow, I mean? that's a, you're you're really telling everyone a lot about you. So, Carmine, you have a whole bunch of projects coming up. Uh, you know, you are not slowing down at all. Mm-mm. I so, love doing it. I really still love doing it. I have a movie coming out soon that I produce called Faraway Eyes. It's got uh, Christina Ricci in it. Oh, uh, wow. Another, amazing. That's amazing. incredible actor. His name is Andy Carl. If you're a Broadway, if you've been to Broadway like in the last 15 years, he was Rocky on Broadway. Ooh. He just was in Pretty Woman. He was the Bill Murray role in Groundhog Day. He probably wow. out at the vault. He nominated for, uh, I think, three Tonys. So he's the lead in it. Cool. And I'm really, really proud of this movie. And hopefully, like, first or second quarter of 2021, it'll come out. We're but praying for uh, it. It's a, it's a, uh, I'll give a little pitch. A guy ends up, the director is very intense about giving away any kind of spoilers. But it's, a, it's what a happens love, at the end? Mm-hmm. It's a love, it's a love story that's set in the afterlife. Okay. Ooh. Um, yeah. It, it's, I'm getting it's, trouble, Carmine. We're going to watch it. Yeah, it is a, it's a far out story. It's set mostly in Manhattan. Set all in Manhattan. Don't get Ooh, killed over this. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I could be. He is. He'll, <laughs> when he hears this, he'll get a good kick out of it. I'm like, I'm terrified to release any kind of freaking thing. No, oh, that's exciting. I'm talking about the. Uh, you <laughs> I'm, know. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah so you're doing that. There's some synopsis up there on IMDb that he already has up there. But yeah, it's really good. Really That's amazing. Well you have another project coming out. I don't know if you wanted to talk about it. It's something that we had talked about. Would you? Did you? Uh, can we talk about it a little tiny bit? Sure. Uh, th- this is one that means a lot to me. I mean, they all mean a lot to me, but this one will definitely be, you know, a- another one as personal as it'll get. But in uh, July of 1984, um, a classmate and friend of mine, uh, Antonella Matina, she was kidnapped from the. There's a shopping center near where we live called the Lindenview Shopping Center. Always oh, with the shopping centers. And then she never, uh, she never, you know, you know, never comes home. You know, she gets her bodies found uh, <gasps> three and a half years later. And for years and years and years, you know, there were all kinds of rumors and all kinds of, you know, stuff that was out there about what happened and what people thought happened. And, you know, even I myself, I can't tell you how many times we had conversations where we, you know, where friends of mine or people I, you know, randomly see at a party that would always come up about what happened. Yeah. And then one night I was watching a local news and there was a, a teaser for a story about a book that's coming out that was going to shed new light on it. So I watch it and it, you know, like even in the five minute little report on a PIX, it, like it really was a local news, a, a local TV station. They, like, you know, I got the feeling like, wow, that, 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 I feel like that's what happened. So I tracked down the author, and for these last few years, we've been further developing the story. It's a, based on a book called Unearthing a Serial Killer. Oh, my God. And, and it, tur- you know, it turns out uh, really that's who had killed her was a, was a serial killer. <gasps> it wasn't all the things that we had heard about. Oh. Um, and oh God, we have found out some really – 
really what just incredible stuff. We've already gotten offers to turn it into a limited series, but we've been starting to not turn them down because uh, like we, we really want to tell this right. Like yeah. it's going to be a four, ideally it would be like a four or five part, like a uh, limited series because what the guy did, you know, Antonella, which is the thing that I'm the most, you know, passionate and is the most personal to me. Like mm-hmm. I want to get the truth out about what happened to her. And, and she was your friend and honor, yeah. And honor her memory. Yeah. Uh, but you know, she's, her story is probably only, you know, potentially 20 or 25% of the documentary. Oh my God. Uh, the guy goes on to do, uh, mm. you know, eight months after he kills her, he, he, kills a cop and, and oh. he kidnaps another woman and he kills her while on the run. Oh my and, God. And, uh, That's so interesting. Cause back, back in the day, and I don't know, like <coughs> Andrea, tell us if this also happened in Canada, but us mm. growing up, we were warned about vans. We were warned yes. about like yeah. the abduction thing was like kids were getting yeah. snatched, just snatched up. It was the crime of the eighties. It was yeah. like, it, it felt like that's when the milk carton thing and Antonella yes. It's very I, I weird. We're pretty sure that Antonella was either the first child or first female on a milk carton. Mm. Uh, you know, not so, a credit you want. Yeah. And it was really, it was really, uh, it's amazing what it did to the community. Like it really, you know, changed everybody's summers from that moment on for mm-hmm. a long time in the Flushing area. Yeah, I and remember. Years, there was just no real, you know, again, there were rumors, there was almost an arrest, but it was all very off. But there was an there's a, and there's a hero in the story. There's a hero. His name is uh, a detective, a detective Tony Lombardi. The guy is just incredible. The work that he does on it and how he he was piecing it all together. Uh, but then job. unfortunately he passed away, and now the writer of this book kind of went back and and got his hands on all the documents and saw all the stuff and was able to kind of put these pieces back together. And then since the books come out, him and I have done more research and have found out more things, you know, so when it eventually happens, uh, I I really, if if we do it right, uh, I think it could be something really, you know, you know, really powerful. And we're going to start as the, we're going to, we're going to do a unearthing a serial killer podcast. And I was picking Tracy's brain about how to do it. And so much of the reason we want to do it is because we even want to just further flush out the story. Like sometimes just using it as a device to, you sure. know, get it get all, it all out, out. Get yeah, it all yeah. down. Yeah. You know, whether or not we get, you know, we're not even thinking about how many people might listen or not listen. It's for us, it's more just an exercise. And like, now we've got all of this material. Right. To piece the story together. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure right. that um, a Six lot seven of seven hours of material we have. So it's just so to- crazy to hear this because, you know, so many <clears throat> of us listen to true crime podcasts. Andrew, you yeah. listen to them, right? Oh, I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is, you know, you're so detached from them, though, even mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like, oh, this is like a story. And yeah. then, you know, when you hear Carmine, Carmine talking about like, oh, this little girl was in my class. Yeah, like, this is real. This is like true, true crime. Yeah. Yeah. This no, is the this truest. Is, I have always uh, I can't tell you how many times over the years, like I, I, I would think about what happened to Antonella and and her family's an incredibly close knit family, just wonderful people. You know, and that'll be part of the documentary, you know, classic immigrant story. You know, mm-hmm. they come over here from Sicily uh, and, you know, they're, they're a success story. You know, they start a business, it becomes successful. But, you know, they are living the American dream, you know, in every way, shape or form. The parents, uh, you know, and there, there was a lot of crazy rumors, of, you know, all kidding aside. There was definitely, you know, that there was the, the mafia rumors, like did the yeah. mafia do this to her? So we have a whole section of the podcast that just just the mafia doesn't that. do stuff well, like we, that though, we, huh? We, right? We, we get into Tracy? that. Not only that, even the cops. Um, <laughs> I don't, like, but them. they don't like randomly pick up oh, no, a no, little no. girl. Little girls, no, not yeah. randomly. Everything is done. Everything that the yeah. mafia does is calculated. Yeah, yeah. Or at least we we like to. But think it just they goes do. to show you kind of how how a rumor, you know, can kind of fester and people start to think. You know, that it could be true when, like, if, you know, if you put any kind of real thought into it, you know, that it's, you know, nonsensical. Absolutely. So, Carmine, please keep us up to date on that. And we'll be posting in our group, guys. Um, If you want to see anything that we've talked about on this episode, you can go to our group only in New York podcast on Facebook. And I'm going to be posting, let's say, the 
12 Days of Guido Christmas. Yes. We'll post that. God, what a journey we've gone on. <laughs> we'll definitely post uh, the info for uh, some of Carmine's projects. And when this true crime comes out, absolutely. Um, I'm listening. I know, you know, Andrea and Hemdel will be listening. So we're, we're going to be on top of this. We're very excited to have you. Carmine, where could people follow you? Are you on social media at all? I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram too. What's your Instagram name? Do you know it? Oh, it's something. It's probably my name. Carmine's like, I have it written down somewhere. I don't fucking know. You know what? If you guys can find more than one Carmine Famiglietti. (laughs) I don't even know what You know what? My handle is Carmine Famiglietti, one word. I put no thought into it whatsoever. Beautiful. No, that's that's beautiful. I only have six posts on Instagram. I'm following. (laughs) I'm in your life now, Carmine. Oh my God! Your life has just gotten so much spicier. You like you know, one of the videos I put up. I did a little scene with uh, Maya Hawke. She was in Stranger Things. Oh, that's exciting! You thought three. you thought you were scared at the vault. Wait until you follow Andrea back on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, oh we're boy. friends now, Carmine. <laughs> Speaking oh, of so Andrea, <laughs> Andrea, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me at Andrea Comedy sixty nine on Instagram. There's all sorts of hijinks going on there. I just posted a picture of my whole ass. Yeah, so, you know, yes, she did. We're getting pretty wild mm-hmm. over here. Yeah, um, not vault can... wild, but wild. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, not vault well. Um, yeah, not yeah. vault wild. I think I think I go beyond the vault to be she honest. She definitely wants people to do stuff to her. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh Jesus! <laughs> if I go missing, Carmine, make a docu series about oh, no. me. Okay, no. please. <laughs> um, and uh, check out my other podcast, The Hot Mess Comedy Hour. Uh, and, uh, you know, go to onlyinnewyorkpod.com. Check out our website. Jo- you know, drop a line on our Facebook. I love hearing from you guys. Hamda, where can people follow you? Yeah, definitely go to onlyinnewyorkpod.com because it has like our individual links and it has just like everything that you need about the podcast. All the stuff. All, All the, the stuff. stuff. And mm-hmm. share it and maybe get a holograph sticker, mm-hmm. you know, yes. only in com. And if you have more space in that podcast universe of yours, please listen to my other podcast, Keith and the Girl. Uh, it's funny. And we have a bunch of episodes and you can pick up from anywhere. What, so Keith and the Girl. A bunch of shit? episodes. A bunch <laughs> of episodes. <laughs> Oh yeah, She's like what? yeah, we've been doing it for a little while, like fifteen years or something like that. No big deal. Uh, Hamza, everyone has space in their podcast world because they're also <laughs> going to be listening to my other podcast, Ninety Day Fiance Trash Talk, Teen Mom Trash Talk, and you guys could follow me at Trixie Tuzini on Instagram and Twitter. That's T R I X I E T U Z Z I N I, and you can go to tracycarnazzo.com for everything else that I'm working on. So make sure you follow all of us. All four of us. Carmine, thank you so much for being thank here. You, thank you. I had a great time. I hope I, I hope I was all right. You were oh, amazing. You were wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. Andrea, what do you have to say about that? Balls. Sauce. <laughs> <laughs>